Good morning, Orlando. Thursday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. Welcome aboard at 6 o'clock for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. Officials want answers after eight seniors die in a Florida nursing home. President Trump heads to Florida today. Details coming up in one minute. We'll focus on the nursing home disaster, the flooding in central Florida, and power restoration. And that's just the first half hour of Good Morning Orlando. Coming up on 602 now on News Radio 1025, Florida Governor Rick Scott is demanding answers following the death of eight senior citizens at the Hollywood Hills Rehabilitation Center. In a statement, Governor Scott said he is, quote, heartbroken by the news and has directed multiple state agencies to work with local law enforcement to conduct an investigation. Scott says the Hollywood Hills facility reported as late as yesterday afternoon that they had power as well as access to fans and spot coolers. Scott said if the investigation finds anyone wasn't acting in the best interests of their patients, they will be held, quote, accountable to the fullest extent of the law. The Florida governor ordered first responders to immediately check in with the health care facilities in their areas to make sure nursing homes and assisted living, living facilities are able to keep their residents safe. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Meantime, a local fire chief is trying to avoid a repeat of that nursing home tragedy. Orange County's fire chief yesterday ordered an assessment of all senior living facilities that led to evacuations of more than 100 residents at two facilities without electricity in Apopka and Orlando last night. A major roadway in central Florida is being watched for possible flooding. The Florida Highway Patrol and the State Department of Transportation are monitoring State Road 46 in Seminole County at the St. John's River. The river is expected to rise sometime today. At last report, all lanes of State Road 46 remained open. Hurricane Irma could lead to a delay in the trial of the Pulse nightclub shooter's widow. Prosecutors yesterday filed a motion seeking more time to respond to a change of venue request by Nor Salman's lawyers. Prosecutors said they were planning to talk to a law enforcement official in person in Fort Pierce this week, but that person is now helping with recovery efforts in the Keys. So far, the judge has not responded to the request. Public school students in Central Florida are getting the rest of the week off. Schools in Orange, Osceola, Seminole, and Volusia counties are scheduled to reopen Monday. Brevard and Lake County schools are closed until further notice. Classes at College of Central Florida, Daytona State College, Eastern Florida State College, Seminole State College, and Valencia College all resume Monday, as well as the University of Central Florida. Those suffering from lack of electricity have some options to beat the heat. Some local YMCAs are open for non-members to use the hot water, air conditioning, and electricity to charge their phones and laptops. Some local businesses are also opening their doors to those who need electricity to do their jobs. WFLA News Time now, 6.04. The White House says the DOJ should consider going after Comey. Read more right now at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 102.5. Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts, who... Weeks ago, must have seen something coming she didn't share with us. Scheduled several days off on a trip, 
And so uh, she's got relief after that marathon weekend of Operation Stormwatch coverage here at WFLA. Always great to have Tom Alexander on board. i got to ask you, power up and running for you and your family at your house now or not? Uh, yes, we were very fortunate. We never lost it during the storm. Thank no goodness. kidding. That's rare. Yeah. Good news for you, Yaffe. You were without power hanging out at your folks' house because they had the juice. What about you? Yeah, I came on yesterday afternoon, late yesterday afternoon. So I had power last night, which was good. Yeah, we cleared our family out. They were sleeping all over the place because various members of them in town came over to, you know, Gammy and Paca's house because we didn't lose power for a very long period of time. And they were out, but they're all back up and running. We've got a power restoration update here. You know, it's amazing. It's a monumental task, uh, Tom, what they're trying to do here. But the stats are really amazing and how many more customers Homes and businesses are back online with electricity today versus just 24 hours ago. So, um, you know, it's frustrating if you're still without power, but amazing progress, at least from what we see, is being made in Central Florida. Yeah, uh, the response has been impressive. After Charlie uh, 13 years ago, I was without power for almost a week after that, and, and I'm seeing more and more people getting it back on now after just a few days. So it seems like they've learned their lesson and are responding yeah, and now in the course of the show, we're going to give you the very latest. We're going to give you the very latest on um, power restoration here. We got the stats for you here. Also, we're going to be focusing on President Trump designated thirty-seven Florida counties, including most of them within the sound of my voice, uh, for FEMA disaster assistance. And we're going to tell you what counties those are, what benefits might be available to you and how to apply to get that federal assistance. After all, you know, we're all chipping in on this stuff with our tax dollars. So when a disaster hits like this, if you have a legitimate need, uh, we're going to tell you exactly how to connect with the federal government. The president, as Tom said, is going to be down here in southwestern Florida. We're going to get a live report on that and exactly uh, the very latest that we know and what the president plans to do and exactly where he intends to be a bit later on today. So um, much to come here on the 50,000-watt front porch, but I have a sad duty to giving you all the details that I have on this absolutely horrible story about the eight elderly people really essentially neglected and left to die, it appears, in that nursing home, uh, so hot when there was no air conditioning down in Hollywood, Florida. The very latest coming up. Um, Get connected as never before and enhance your radio experience by downloading our free iHeartRadio app today. It's absolutely free. Do it. You will love it. We'll get into the nursing home disaster here and much more in a moment. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll have this, and of course, I'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as always in just two minutes for you here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I know you share the heartbreak and the anguish that I feel and that all caring Floridians and Americans feel over the absolutely inexcusable deaths of eight nursing home patients in Hollywood, Florida. No AC in the wake of the storm for days. It was a hot box for sure. Nobody seemed to reach out to the hospital that was fully functional a stone's throw away. Nobody on the staff bothered to call 911. What are you thinking about this this morning? Do you agree with me that it's quite appropriate that a criminal probe be undertaken here and it is happening and they need to find out who is to blame and they need to be they need to be put away. They need, they need 
to be incarcerated. And I'm not talking about for a short time. This is outrageous. Reportedly, we had 150 nursing homes in Florida without power. But we don't have people dropping dead in all of them. People took action to get the, the patients out or to, or to make sure that they somehow, on an emergency basis, got air conditioning for them. But not at the Rehabilitation Center in Hollywood Hills. I don't know if anybody else will do this. Oh, I've got elderly members of my family. And I know a lot of you do as well. And these are real people. Real parents. Moms and dads. Grandmas and grandpas. They have loved ones. They were loved. 84-year-old Bobby Owens. 96-year-old Manuel Mario Medietta, 92-year-old Miguel Antonio Franco. 71-year-old Estella Hendricks. 71-year-old Gail Nova. 78-year-old Carolyn Etherly. 84-year-old Betty Hibbard. And 99-year-old Albertina Vega. You live a long life in this is the way it ends. It's completely unconscionable. It's disgraceful. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. The specific causes of deaths yet to be determined. We don't know how long these vulnerable people, and when you're that old, you don't handle heat. Maybe the rest of the staff comes from Haiti or someplace, and it's not a problem when it's hot and humid for them. But by God, it is when you moved down here three years ago from Wisconsin to be with your family and get the help you need. And you're 95, 99 years old. There was a member of the staff at the nursing home who was quoted as saying that the air conditioner had not been working since the storm hit. They've been hot inside for days. A member of the housekeeping staff, though, said the place had been hot but manageable the past couple of days. The staff, he says, used fans, put cold towels and ice on patients, gave them cold drinks. No need to call 911. No need to walk across the freaking parking lot to the functioning hospital and say, we got some people here who need to get out and who need help. 407 916 Criminal probe is already underway. Inspections are underway of other nursing home facilities. Senator Bill Nelson on CNN yesterday in his car talking on a cell phone when Wolf Blitzer asked him, what exactly happened down there, Senator, at the rehabilitation facility in Hollywood? Well, I'm on my way uh, to that nursing home uh, meeting the mayor uh, and I'm going to find out this is inexcusable. You you just can't leave elderly, frail people in hot box conditions. You just can't do it. And at least pick up the phone and call 911. I mean, that's just a, a, a simple thing that a child is taught to do. You would think so. You would think so. 407 916 text line 23680. Do you have the same feeling and reaction that I have? I am so upset, heartbroken, and angry over this story. 
Our elderly deserve better than this. We've got a nursing home with very, very system, with very irregular um, uh, quality of care all across this state. Everybody knows that. But nobody else has died at these facilities from lack of power with Irma. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. I'm telling you right now, they need to find out who is to blame, and every doggone one of them needs to spend years in prison. This needs to stop, and our regulatory system for nursing homes, they got to up their game. Because this nursing home had a lot of very, very bad inspection reports, and they were still allowed to function. How many more are marginal and borderline? How many more people could we have lost in nursing homes from Irma? Or might we lose the next time the power in the AC goes out for a major storm? What needs to change here? How do you feel about what happened in Hollywood? 407-916-5400. On the eight fatalities at the nursing home in South Florida, Douglas in Melbourne. Good morning. You're on with the Budman. Morning, sir. Love your show. Thank you very much for being a part of our audience. I was an air conditioning mechanic, and I worked at NYU Medical in New York um, as an engineer. I've never seen a place like that that didn't have a backup generator. Apparently, they had a transformer knocked out the AC system. The big problem is here, nobody picking up the phone and calling 911, you know, and nobody walking over to the fully functioning hospital that literally was, I think, 100 feet away or less. It's a horrible story. I mean, they, I can't, they must have had a backup generator. Maybe somebody didn't turn it on. I mean, you just don't have a nursing home without an auxiliary. No question. The older folks are very vulnerable to this kind of thing. They don't handle the heat like everybody else does yaffe your thoughts and a look at the text line if you will yeah it's pretty outrageous i can understand why people are really upset by this i mean eight people in a nursing home how does nothing happen how does nobody call 911 how does nothing get done they're just letting people die i just yeah it's unbelievable i try to picture a family member of mine in that situation i would be Incredibly upset. You know, I had an older member of our family in a rehab and nursing facility for about 100 days earlier this year here in central Florida um, after an injury, suffering with Parkinson's disease, et cetera. And uh, it it was very interesting in that facility, which I think is probably a middle-of-the-road level facility. I think there were some people who cared more than you can imagine and an awful lot of people who just felt to me like they didn't care very much. And apparently there was too much of that mentality at this facility. Why don't you call 911? For God's sakes, you know it's hot. If you're handling it, somebody 95 years old can die from it. Why don't you walk over to the hospital? How does that happen? Especially after, like, one dies or two dies, you think that would have been even a clue there. But you wait until eight people die until something gets done? That's... That's outrageous. On the text line, there's someone who agrees with you on nursing home facilities. One person says, I worked with the elderly for 37 and a half years, but says the caring today is not from the heart, unfortunately. I don't think it's true everywhere, but it's true of too many people within too many facilities. And we need to do better than that in this state. And that needs to be mandated that we do better. Good news here on power restoration. More than 3.1 million homes and businesses, including an estimated 467,000, 
do not have electricity. This as of 9 o'clock last night. But the good news is that's about half what we started with. So there you go. Now, Orange County still has 136 people without power, 98,000 with Duke Energy, 37 with municipal uh, power outfits, and 10 with FPL. Uh, Looking at Brevard County, 108,000 still without power, and that's uh, just almost all FPL out on the coast. Volusia County, 97,000 without power still. All of these numbers are vastly better than they've been. Um, 63,000 of Volusia FPL, 29,000 Duke. 2,600 municipal power companies, 2,000 are cooperatives. And uh, let's see, Seminole County, still 69,000 customers without power, 50,000 of them Duke Energy, 18,000 FPL. Lake County, 41,000 out uh, of power still, 24,000 with Duke Energy, 16,000 or so with cooperatives, 1,400 municipal. And Osceola County, way down from what they were, 13,000 without power, 10,000 Duke Energy, 2,700 municipal, 584 cooperatives, and 10 FPL. So, um, listen, if you're still without power, it's endlessly frustrating you to think nobody's doing anything. But the fact of the matter is enormous, enormous progress has been made. And by and large, I think we should salute the power companies and those hardworking crews doing their 16-hour shifts out and about in Central Florida. Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts with our news here with an ongoing focus on this nursing home disaster in South Florida. Tom? Thanks, Bud. Several leaders are calling for answers this morning after eight seniors died at the Hollywood Hills Rehabilitation Center in Hollywood, Florida. Governor Rick Scott has directed multiple state agencies to work with local law enforcement to conduct an investigation. U.S. Senator Bill Nelson is calling the the deaths, quote, inexcusable. In a statement, Florida's Democratic senator called it a tragedy to allow, quote, frail patients to die of heat exhaustion, end quote, when there was a hospital next door. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A seven-year-old girl is one of the latest victims of an all-too-common problem following Hurricane Irma. Lakeland's Taryn Wilson died from carbon monoxide poisoning yesterday, and her mother got sick. A Daytona Beach woman also died and three others were sickened from carbon monoxide poisoning blamed on the misuse of a generator. Two teenagers died earlier in the week in Orange County from carbon monoxide poisoning as well. The lights and air conditioning are coming back on for more Floridians. The state emergency management division says the number of utility customers without power is now 3.1 million. Florida Power and Light expects power restoration to be finished for the West Coast by tomorrow and the East Coast by Sunday night. Duke Energy is projecting that it will have power restored to western service areas by tomorrow night and to central and northern areas by Sunday night. Two African antelopes at a Florida zoo are dead after Irma. Naples Zoo at Caribbean Gardens was damaged in the storm, which destroyed trees and animal enclosures. About a third of the animals have been returned to where they belong. All of the alligators are accounted for. The zoo's president called the devastation heartbreaking. The zoo's using a generator to refrigerate food for the animals until the power can be turned back on. And residents of an Orlando high-rise are grateful to firefighters and volunteers for helping them get through some tough days without power. Kinneret Apartments had been without power since the storm, and some on the higher floors couldn't get out because the elevators weren't working. Volunteers from the Boy Scouts, an Orlando church, and a social service agency delivered food, ice, and supplies to residents on all 15 floors yesterday. Also, Orlando firefighters called OUC to make restoring power to the complex a priority. By yesterday afternoon, the power was back on. 
WFLA News Time now, 635. I'm Tom Alexander, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues right now. Thank you, Tom, and we continue with Gina Cervetti. Up to New York City we go live to the Bloomberg Newsroom in the Big Apple as we bring in Gina with our Bloomberg Business Report. Good morning to you, Gina. Bud, good morning. Let's take a look at the stock report before we dig into Bloomberg Irma-related stories with a focus on Florida, shall we? Mm-hmm. We have the stock futures right now pretty steady, down just a little bit here after more new record highs on Wall Street yesterday. They weren't big gains, but they were enough. And the Dow rose 39 points, or about two-tenths percent, to 22,158. The S&P added two points to close at 2498. The Nasdaq was up six. Retailers jumped on Target's strong hiring forecast for the holidays. The Bloomberg Orlando Index gained about a quarter of a percent. And now to um, stories with a real with a real prime focus for our listeners here in Florida as we collectively try to recover from this monstrous storm, Hurricane Irma. First of all, apparently a mortgage giant is suspended foreclosures in the areas hit hard by Irma. What's the story there? Right. Freddie Mac says it is suspending all evictions and foreclosure sales for homeowners in areas that FEMA has declared eligible disaster zones affected by both Hurricanes Irma and Harvey. The mortgage giant also says it's working with mortgage servicers to make sure that any property inspection costs related to the hurricane damage are not borne by borrowers. By the way, everybody, be with me in about a half an hour. I will go through the FEMA designation in the counties where if you live and you've got damage from Irma, you might be eligible for federal assistance and how to apply for it in our 7 o'clock hour. But continuing with Gina now in the Bloomberg Business Report, we've got major flooding problems all over the place, and this may go on for a while, but there is some real concern that things will be revealed about the flood insurance program that aren't too pretty once all the water goes down, right? Right. After the water recedes from both Harvey and Irma, those floodwaters may reveal more than moldy drywall and putrid trash. Bloomberg Businessweek is reporting this could also lay bare the federal government's failure to police a basic tenet of its own disaster policy, and that is that properties with government-backed mortgages in risky areas carry their flood insurance. In Florida in 2015, FEMA estimated that as many as 43% of those required to have the coverage did not. And I'm also hearing while we speak of flood insurance, Gina, that the federal program is virtually bankrupt. What do you have on that? Well, FEMA says it lacks the resources to pay for all of the expected claims from Hurricane Harvey and Irma. And Republican Congressman Tom MacArthur of New Jersey says, in fact, he expects flood insurance money will run out in October. He spoke at a Capitol Hill event focused on problems with the program's claims handling process. Now, Congress did recently reauthorize the National Flood Insurance Program through December 8th. The need to make sure it'll have the cash available to pay the claims will add to Congress's to-do list now for hurricane recovery. Lawmakers and the White House have already said they expect to need another disaster relief bill. How about we uh, end on a positive note in terms of Hurricane Irma recovery here in Florida? Apparently a lot of our ports that got shut down in advance of the storm are starting to open up now, right? That is correct. The U.S. Coast Guard has reopened Port Miami as well as Port Everglades and Port of Palm Beach to marine traffic after Irma. This follows the reopening of the ports of Canaveral and Jacksonville, uh, but with restrictions. All right. Well, that's a 
a positive note to close on, and we cling to every positive piece of Irma-related news, believe me, down here in Florida, as you can well imagine. Right, Gina? That's right, and uh, I certainly wish you all the best and and continued uh, um, patience with the recovery there, and Godspeed. Amen. Thank you. I really appreciate you on so many levels, and uh, you do a great job of bringing us some um, uh, post-Irma Bloomberg perspectives here. The Bloomberg Business Report Daily with Gina Cervetti on Good Morning Orlando. Catch it tomorrow morning at 6.35 and we'll look for you in 24 hours. Have a good day, Gina. You too. Thanks, bud. This whole deal of Trump reaching out again to the Democrat leadership, the likes of Schumer and Pelosi, makes my skin crawl on some levels. We need to spend more time talking about on a day when there is more showtime for it and less post-Irma stories of such great urgency. But you remember the story where Trump wanted the uh, funding for Harvey relief, and in order to really get it, he had to wheel and deal with the Democrats on the debt ceiling and the spending plan and kicking the can on the debt ceiling down the road into December. Well, now last night he had dinner with Schumer and Pelosi. Can you even imagine that? I would not be able to eat. But at any rate, and they they both agreed, they all agreed that they would would protect the dreamers, okay? The, uh, The kids who um, came into this country because their parents were illegal aliens and broke into our country, they're certainly illegal. There's no doubt about it. You know, the Trump base should not be very happy with this deal that is done. They're going to work out something, and these dreamers are never going to be thrown out of the country, okay? And the law would have been thwarted, um, you know. And uh, they also agreed on some border security measures but told Trump to go stuff it when it came to his wall, which he says he'll fight for separately. I'm really, really worried about this, that the Republican is, Republicans are such a mess can't get anything done for Trump. But reaching out to the Democrats here, they are going to play him like a concert grand piano, I'm afraid. I'm really worried how this is going to play out. He's already caved twice to him. Now he's going to have to cave again. Ultimately, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how this is going to play. But I can tell you that there's a surprising result, Yaffe, in a Rasmussen poll now of 1,000 likely U.S. voters. 66% of them Say it's good for the country if Trump works with congressional Democrats, but the rest of the line in the poll is where the problem is, to advance his agenda. His agenda, as he campaigned, will not be advanced by working with the Democrats. But I don't know how you get it done when you can't get unity in the Republican Congress. Well, and I think that's why a lot of people support what Trump's doing. They just want something to get done. You know, they're just sick of the gridlock and they're like, let's just get something done. Trump's getting something done. So they support him on this. But I'm like you, bud. I'm afraid what exactly specifically is going to get done when you're working with the Democrats and stuff like this. Yeah. And you have a totally different Trump than the one you voted into office. Yeah. The answer is, I think you do. Maybe it's by political necessity, but I think that's the reality here. There's no doubt he's pivoting here. There's no doubt about it. 72% of Republicans, even more enthusiastic about the president working with congressional Democrats than Democrats are at 62%. But think about this. That's only because they're assuming that working with Democrats is going to get Trump campaign stuff done. But it's not. It'll get things done, but it won't be that. I don't see it. We'll talk about it when we have more time. Um, You've been hearing that President Trump and Melania were coming down here to Florida in the wake of Hurricane Irma, just as they went a couple of times into the flood zone in the wake of Harvey over in Texas and Louisiana. Let's get a handle on this from a man who probably knows more about it than anybody else I could connect with this morning, our Washington, D.C. News Radio 1025 National Correspondent, Joe Gomez. Welcome back, as always, to Good Morning Orlando. How you doing, Joe? Hey, good morning, bud. Thanks for having me back. All right, let's talk about it. What do you know about this trip? 
Well, the trip is going to be uh, the third time that President Trump has had to head to a natural disaster area in uh, about two and a half, three weeks. And the president is uh, going to be heading to uh, Fort Myers, Florida first. Uh, and that's to get an update. He'll be alongside uh, First Lady Melania Trump. Uh, then they'll be uh, off to uh, Naples, Florida. Uh, shortly after that, around uh, about noontime, where they're scheduled to spend uh, about an hour or so meeting with individuals that were directly impacted by uh, Hurricane Irma. This is according to the White House. So you might see uh, you know, a photo off where the president is, uh, is seen talking and meeting with some of the evacuees, maybe even doling out meals similar to the way that he did mm-hmm. uh, during uh, uh, the relief efforts for Hurricane Harvey in the Houston area. And uh, also, uh, Vice President Mike Pence is going to be traveling uh, with the president, which is uh, a little bit unprecedented. Rarely, if ever, do the vice president and the president uh, travel to the same place uh, together. They'll be flying separately, of course, one Mm -hmm. in Air Force One, uh, the president, uh, the other in Air Force Two. Now, no plans to go to the Keys at this point, a little too early, as decimated as the Keys have been by Irma? Yeah, it doesn't sound like it right now, no. I think Mm -hmm. that they're still waiting for perhaps the Keys to... Uh, to try to try to do some more recovery efforts there. I mean, I think that the, that for the president, the most that, that could be expected would be some kind of a uh, some kind of a flyover. But so far, I don't see that in the schedule at this point. He might stop uh, through the Tampa Bay area, though. There's a Coast Guard base there, mm-hmm. and the president had indicated that he wanted to meet with uh, members of the Coast Guard. Before you go, um, sometimes they're pretty closely guarded on the specifics of a presidential schedule on a trip. Do you know when they will arrive in Fort Myers today? Yeah, it sounds like they're going to be arriving right around 11 o'clock this morning uh, is when First Lady Melania Trump and the president will be arriving in Fort Myers. They're ultimately scheduled to be back at the White House by around uh, 4 p.m. this afternoon. So it's just going to be a day trip, Mm -hmm. uh, but it sounds like they're they're going to cram in as much as they possibly can within that couple of hours that they're going to be on the ground in Florida. We'll watch for it. Thank you for the update. We now know much more than we would have known without you. News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Joe Gomez from the nation's capital. Joe, thank you so much. Thanks, bud. Good morning, Orlando. Thursday morning at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Glad you've joined us and just in time for the very latest on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. Officials want answers after eight seniors die in a Florida nursing home. And President Trump approves more federal aid for Florida. Details coming up in one minute. And the president opens up the federal coffers for storm victims in central Florida. We'll tell you all about that and how to get assistance for which you may be eligible. It's all next on Good Morning Orlando. Now, traffic and weather together every 10 minutes on the 10s. From the Airflow Designs Heating and Air Conditioning Traffic Center. Felix Lowe, westbound on I-4 from Lake Mary Boulevard, into before State Road 434, where an accident was cleared. And they have reopened those ramps on eastbound I-4, State Road 536, and at Osceola Parkway, but we still have some flooding on those ramps. Have a crash on US 192 at Cypress Creek Ranch Road, and we still have northbound Orange Blossom Trail closed and diverted at eastbound Taft Vineland Road. If you see traffic problems, call the Safe Touch Security Tip Line at 866-676-8477. From the Traffic Center, I'm Daisy Ash. Your News Radio 1025 exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Partly cloudy early, followed by scattered thunderstorms this afternoon and a high near 90. At the attraction, 76 degrees, 76 in Orlando under fair skies. 
703 on News Radio 1025. I think it is an emerging scandal of gargantuan proportions with eight deaths already. That's U.S. Senator Bill Nelson, who's joining the chorus of elected leaders wanting answers after eight seniors in a Hollywood, Florida nursing home died. The Florida Democrat is calling the incident, quote, inexcusable and said he has spoken with Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price and will, quote, get to the bottom of the matter. Meantime, Florida Governor Rick Scott has directed multiple state agencies to work with local law enforcement to investigate this. He says the Hollywood Hills facility reported as late as Tuesday that they had power as well as access to fans and spot coolers. Well, they didn't have any air conditioning running. I told, I, The report I had was that a transformer blew out and then it took out the air conditioning. Nobody called 911 or went to the nearby fully functioning hospital that was quite literally a hundred feet away. And it's outright, it's unconscionable what happened here. It seems like willful neglect and a criminal investigation is getting going already. Absolutely. Yeah. The news now brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. President Donald Trump has approved Orange, Seminole, Lake, Osceola, Brevard, and Polk counties to receive individual assistance from the federal government. People in 37 Florida counties now have access to aid, including mortgage assistance and unemployment aid. Leaders in Osceola County say they have $66 million in damage, the largest so far in Central Florida. Yeah, we're going to talk about this in a moment, Tom. And uh, folks who may be eligible, I'll tell you what they may be able to get, what the benefits would be, and how to apply for this FEMA assistance right after the news. Important information. We'll look forward to that. The President and First Lady Melania Trump are heading to the Naples area today to survey the damage from Irma. White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders says President Trump's actions after Hurricanes Harvey and Irma demonstrate his ability to bring the country together in times of crisis. The president and his team will continue to engage with all members of Congress who are willing to work with us to deliver this critical relief for the American people. And people living along the St. Johns River in Lake and Volusia counties are seeing flooding that hasn't been seen in decades. Lake County says the river rose four and a half feet as of yesterday. It's the highest level recorded in almost 85 years. The river could rise another six inches before the water starts receding next week. WFLA News Time now, 7.06. A $10,000 reward offered for a stolen blind baby goat. Get the details now at 1025wfla.com. There aren't too many of them around. No. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder the price is so high. Definitely. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. Tom Alexander bringing us the news with Deb off for a couple of days. Gave you the story, the headline on this, that President Trump yesterday approved residents of 37 Florida counties for um, eligibility under certain circumstances to receive individual assistance from the federal government, okay? And um, this is an opportunity to uh, get some mortgage assistance, some unemployment aid. There's a whole lot more to it. Let me tell you which central Florida counties are on the president's list here. Within the immediate sound of my voice among the 37, Orange, Osceola, Sumter, Volusia, Seminole, Polk, Lake, and Brevard counties. There's a whole lot more counties to the south and the west. now. Here's what we know from various sources. If you're a homeowner or if you rent your home, if you're a business owner 
and you've had damage from, uh, from Irma. In these counties, you can now apply for federal disaster assistance. Uh, this would be for uninsured as well as underinsured damage. Assistance can include grants for uh, temporary housing if you need it, maybe for home repairs as well, and other disaster-related needs. I mean, this would include funeral or burial costs in a, in a worst-case scenario within your family or medical and dental expenses as well. Long-term low-interest disaster loans for the U.S. Small Business Administration, the SBA, also can be available to cover losses not fully compensated by insurance and, and, and that do not duplicate benefits from other agencies or organizations. Now, here's how you apply for this individual assistance if you have damage from Irma, okay? It's not saying you're going to get it, but you can apply for it. You know, and then somebody will come and they will assess it and uh, tell you what you're eligible for, basically. But you can make the case, and here you go, and this is the way you do it. You can register online at this website, disasterassistance.gov, disasterassistance.gov. You know, maybe you don't have damage, but you know somebody who is. Make note of this, okay? Disasterassistance.gov. Send them there. Send yourself there, whatever applies. Or there's a FEMA app on your smartphone. Go to fema.gov slash mobile dash app. fema.gov slash mobile dash app. App or on the phone, 1 800 621 FEMA, 1 800 621 FEMA. There you go. Thought you needed to know. Anybody has a question or a comment on that? 407 916 5400, text line 23680. If not, we will move ahead um, into this horrible nursing home disaster. Apparently, it's, it's a case, I mean, it's criminal, and, and there's an investigation on that basis here. What happened in South Florida, in Hollywood, Florida, at this rehabilitation center, this nursing home, within about 100 feet of a fully functioning hospital, did not have air conditioning during Irma, got knocked out when a transformer went down reportedly. Lots more we have to learn. And the staff, the staff didn't report it. Nobody called 911 as far as we know. Nobody walked across to the hospital and said, you got to help us. we got to get these people out of here. You've got lights and air conditioning. We don't have it. And we got to save these people. We can do it right now, and they'd all be alive today. Eight of them are dead. It's willful neglect of the worst kind here. And it is, as Senator Bill Nelson said, you know, it's just the most reprehensible thing. And it is a scandal of major proportions, to say the least. More on this in a moment. Um, I really... Uh, I got very emotional about this in the 6 o'clock hour, and I may well again, and I hope you are as well. I'd like to know your reaction to what happened to those poor old people in South Florida. Now, we can indict the entire nursing home system here in Florida, and the level of care is irregular, and I, I don't think we're regulated the way we need to be. I think places are very marginal, and they continue to be allowed to operate. This one is a great example of that. This particular center had all kinds of bad inspection reports, why they weren't shut down, I have no idea. But the fact of the matter is there are many facilities who care well for our elderly because we don't have people, reportedly, having dropped dead in nursing homes all over the state of Florida from this storm, do we? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Your thoughts on what happened in that nursing facility in South Florida and what ought to happen to the people responsible and our nursing home system 
and what needs to change. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. This rehabilitation center in Hollywood, Florida, says, I don't know, they had a transformer go out, took out the AC, and for days they didn't have any cooling capability for their nursing home patients. And elderly people don't handle that like the rest of us do. Five women, three men, aged 70 to 99, are dead. Governor calls it unfathomable. It is unconscionable. It is criminal. And a criminal investigation is being initiated here. Across the street, a fully air-conditioned hospital. Nobody from the facility apparently went there to say, we need help and get these people out and over to your facility so we can save them. There's no record of a 911 call, no sense of emergency. What kind of human beings are these running this facility? They need to wind up as felons behind bars. 407-916-5400 on that, but in our prior segment, telling you about all the counties here locally uh, where the president has designated them as um, people who have a problem from Irma as eligible for individual FEMA assistance. Ron, good morning from Volusia County in the land. Thank you. Hey, good morning, bud. How are you doing today? We're doing all right. I'd like to know what your question is related to our segment on FEMA aid. Well, um, last year when Massachusetts came through, I had some roof damage, so I kind of went the route. Quite honestly, I didn't hear from anybody for about a good six months. Wow. And, um, you know, you know how it is. Um, everybody kind of needs a little help now, so to speak, um, whether it be the mortgage assistance or anything else. And, you know, just to go through all the red tape and fill out all the forms and do all the stuff, it just seems a little... Um, cumbersome so to speak well i gave you the contacts why don't you get on the phone and call them and ask them how long it's going to take i can tell you this it's a new administration now you got a ceo running the uh you know running things out of the white house the the president here i know they say it's going to take a little longer than it traditionally would six months sounds like it's excessive to me because they have the double burdens of uh the situation in texas and louisiana post harvey and now you add Irma to that. You tax the resources and the manpower of uh, FEMA. But what I am reading is, you know, it, it should be a matter of weeks. But I don't know. You just have to try to interface with the system and decide whether or not you think it is worth going through that. But um, I would in that situation. I'd give it a shot. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. And we'll see how it plays out. So there we are. Yaffe, how upset are you about what was allowed to happen to those nursing home patients down in Hollywood? I just, you know, I still can't even understand how it happened. I mean, think of the number eight, eight people dead in a nursing home facility in a matter of just a day or so. And nobody called 911. Even after the first one died, the second one died, we had to wait till eight people were dead. I mean, it's it's, it's and, really tragic. And, and you got you've got a hospital within a stone's throw, quite literally, yeah. that is fully air conditioned with the lights on, and nobody reaches out to say we got a problem over here. There has to be some negligence involved. Oh. I mean, that's the only way you can explain it. Yeah, it's outrageous. This is not an indictment of all the nursing home facilities. Of course okay? not. But the care is notoriously irregular, and the regulation is not necessarily consistent across the state of Florida. Everybody knows that. That's got to be dealt with. I don't know how these folks were operating with all the bad inspection reports that uh, they re- they have had 
over time. There's a lot more. You're going to be talking, I'm sure, about this and a whole lot of other things tonight on your primetime show on WFLA. Yes, Beyond Reason Radio is back tonight, 8 to 10 p.m. here on WFLA. Yaffe in prime time. Don't miss it and be part of it. Good morning, Orlando. Time for a news update, of course, at the bottom of the hour. In for Deborah Roberts this morning. We're going to go back to Tom Alexander, who has more on that heartbreaking story we've been focused on out of South Florida. Tom? Thanks, bud. Eight seniors are dead in a nursing home in South Florida. The seniors, ages 71 to 99 years old, all died amid sweltering South Florida heat yesterday at the Hollywood Hills Rehabilitation Center. Governor Rick Scott says the facility reported as late as Tuesday afternoon that they had power as well as access to fans and spot coolers. He says if the investigation finds anyone wasn't acting in the best interest of their patients, they will be held, quote, accountable to the fullest extent of the law, end quote. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Bud, you mentioned this earlier. A lot of fast food restaurants try to be family friendly, right? Yeah. Well, there's a Burger King in New Jersey that has taken that to a whole new level. Yeah, I headlined this story, but I don't know the story. I'm very intrigued. Go ahead. Well, two back-to-back baby boys were born at the Burger King in Denville. Now, not inside the restaurant, but in its parking lot along Route 46. One baby was born last Friday night in the backseat of a car when his mom went into labor. The other was born just 25 hours later. Unbelievable. Couple get, of, couple of Whopper Juniors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get this, both babies were delivered by the same police officers. No kidding. Yeah. What a crazy story that is. Very cool. Definitely. Now, they say dogs are man's best friend, right? Oh, yeah. Of course. And you would hope if you had stinky feet, your best friend would tell you, right? Yeah, what I love things that smell bad. Right. That's what drives you crazy about dogs. They always have their nose and whatever smells bad. <laughs> well, there's now a robot dog that will actually tell you if you have stinky feet. A robot dog? Yes. Uh, okay. The Japanese have created robot a robot dog with an odor sensor that will sniff your feet. Now, if you're good to go, the dog just wags its tail. If it's not great but not too bad, <laughs> the dog will bark. And if your feet are really ripe, he'll just collapse and appear to pass out. <laughs> Keel this- over corrode before your eyes is this like an <laughs> epidemic in japan or something that <laughs> I, I didn't know there was a need for feet? such a thing but Man. apparently they got robot everything going on over yeah, there that's and true. maybe they got stinky feet i don't know <laughs> i don't either i'm absolutely sure it's not unique to the japanese <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> the dog's expected to go on sale next year it will go for around nine hundred dollars <laughs> Wow, that must be a real crisis if you're going to pay $900. (laughs) This is crazy. And now sports fans, they're never happy when their teams move away, right? Never. Right. They they, they hold a grudge forever. Of course, of course. I mean, my grandfather was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, and he refused to watch the Dodgers after they moved to L.A. Oh, absolutely. He's got a lot of company. Yeah. And people in San Diego are no different now that the Chargers have packed up and moved to Los Angeles. Yep. Well, there's a restaurant owner in San Diego that is actively rooting against the Chargers, and he's putting his money where his mouth is. Victor Lopez runs the El Pollo Grill in Bonita. He's been a lifelong Chargers fan, and he says he loved them until the day they announced they were moving. So now his Mexican restaurant is offering customers a free taco the day after any Chargers loss. He says he hopes the Chargers don't win a single game this season, doesn't matter how much it costs them. That's brutal. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not surprised, to be honest with you. All <laughs> right, thank you. Thanks, bud. Tom Alexander in for Deb. By the way, our sound judgment game is coming up here in a moment, and we we got a sports theme to it, so be ready to go on that. 
And uh, let me let me take a quick phone call here on this nursing home disaster as we go to Frank in Port Orange. You're on with the Bud Man. Go ahead, Frank. I don't have much time. All right. My wife's a uh, activities director. She worked at several hospitals in uh, we're from up north, hospitals and uh, daycare, adult daycares. And uh, part of the problem down here is they don't enforce their you know, uh, regulations. She's put in HIPAA requests. And instead of the state coming out inspecting, they contact the hospital or the daycare, and then they question my wife. That's totally against what HIP is all about. Um, mm. Where, an example, up north, if she put one in, the state would just show up and inspect what the report, whether it was her or anybody else. Yeah. And uh, you know that that's I, I. We decided she got out of the business down here because it's. uh, All right, I understand what you're saying, Frank, but of course you're not talking about nursing homes, but you're extrapolating, you know, from hospitals or or daycares to nursing homes, and there are regulatory problems and inadequacies, and I think enforcement is the issue, because I think this rehabilitation center down there, based on what I'm reading out of the Miami Herald and other close-by sources, they had one bad inspection after another. They should have been shut down by everything I'm reading. And that's what you talk about with lack of enforcement. I'm sure there will be much more that um, we come to learn as the criminal investigation gets rolled. Ready to go with a sound judgment game. The contestants are in place. If you're frustrated with a busy signal, wait for a wrong answer and grab the open line at 407-916-5400. Hey, Bryce, let's talk about this prize we're playing for. That prize you're playing for is a one-night stay at the Red Roof Inn or Red Roof Inn Plus of your choice anywhere in the country. Book your stay at www.redroofinn.com. All right, our sound judgment games are daily chance to back away for a few minutes from all the stress from Hurricane Irma and other serious news and enjoy a little fun and games. And speaking of fun and games, a Major League Baseball team just broke the record for the longest winning streak in the history of their league. I want you to listen to the play-by-play of the final out from yesterday's record-breaking game, then use your sound judgment to tell me what team this announcer's talking about. By the way, he identifies the team here, but we bleeped it out so you can figure it out. It's over! 21 in a row! The have set a new record for the longest win streak in American League history. What a record, what an achievement, what a moment, and what team did it? Let's go to the phones. Line one, you're up. Uh, Cleveland Indians. Yes! Yaffe was right. He says this was going to go quickly. We struggled to find a winner yesterday. <laughs> what do you think of those Indians 21 in a row? Isn't that amazing? Pretty good. I'm rooting for them this year. What's that? I'm rooting for them this year. I think this is the year for them. You think they may go all the way? They came close last year. So. Yeah, I think so. This is it. It's an amazing achievement. Well, listen, we got an Indians fan here, and that's just as it should be. You've won the hotel stay. What do you think of that? That's awesome. Thanks, bud. Yeah, we're excited to have you on here, and we're glad you won it. And uh, we got a lot of other folks who are not too thrilled, though, who thought they were going to win it. But at any rate, please give me your first name and tell me where you're calling in from. Uh, my name's Joe from Lake Mary. Joe from Lake Mary. How'd you do with Irma? Did it rough you up, or did you get away unscathed? I was very lucky. No, the power was on the whole night long, but it was just a lot of winds and up all night. Yeah, it was a tough night for all of us, no question about that, but yeah. you, did, you did better than most. Joe, don't go I away. Did. I'll tell you what, off air, you in a, in a moment, when I put you on hold, we'll have a conversation with Bryce and we'll get you the prize, okay? 
All right. Thanks a lot, bud. Yeah, thanks for being a part of our show, and congratulations on winning sound judgment, Joe. The Cleveland Indians, 21 games in a row they won and counting. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour on a beautiful Thursday. An update now for you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning officials want answers after eight seniors die in a nursing home, and questions about whether President Trump made a deal with Democrats on DACA. Details coming up in a minute. And in this hour, lots of post-Irma news you need to know. And the ESPN host still has a job after calling the president a white supremacist? Fire this chick. We'll talk about it in this hour of Good Morning Orlando. 802 on News Radio 1025. Florida Governor Rick Scott and U.S. Senator Bill Nelson are among those demanding answers following the death of eight senior citizens at the Hollywood Hills Rehabilitation Center. In a statement, the governor said he is, quote, heartbroken by the news, and if an investigation finds anyone wasn't acting in the best interests of their patients, they will be held, quote, accountable to the fullest extent of the law, end quote. Meantime, Nelson says he has spoken with Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price and will get to the bottom of the matter. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And is there or isn't there a deal between President Donald Trump and the Democrats regarding DACA? Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer and House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi said they struck a deal last night with President Trump to protect the so-called DREAMers. The president, however, tweeted this morning that no deal has been reached on the DACA program, despite what Schumer and Pelosi said last night. Trump rescinded the Obama-era program this month that protects undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. as children. U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin is reportedly being investigated for requesting a military jet for his honeymoon. A number of news organizations are saying that Mnuchin's request triggered an inquiry by the Treasury Department's Office of Inspector General. Mnuchin apparently put in a written request for a government jet to take him and his wife on their honeymoon in Scotland, France, and Italy earlier this summer. The Inspector General is already looking to see if Mnuchin improperly used a government jet to catch a prime view of the solar eclipse. Public school students in Central Florida are getting the rest of the week off. Schools in Orange, Osceola, Seminole, and Volusia counties are scheduled to reopen on Monday. Brevard and Lake County schools are closed until further notice. Classes at College of Central Florida, Daytona State College, Eastern Florida State College, Seminole State College, Valencia College, and the University of Central Florida resume on Monday. And state leaders continue to monitor possible flooding that could shut down an interstate highway in North Florida. FDOT inspectors are watching a small bridge on I-75 crossing the Santa Fe River on the northern border of Alachua County. The river is expected to crest at record levels, which could require the full closure of I-75 south of I-10 and north of U.S. 441. Florida Highway Patrol reports that flooding from the Santa Fe has closed U.S. Highways 27 and 41. Wow, i got to tell you, that was our breaking news yesterday morning here, and... uh... We thought maybe by now they would have closed the big interstate. That would be a terrible situation for all those people still trying to get back in here after evacuating. But uh, we're glad to know that situation is at least relatively stable. For right now, it seems like they're just watching to see what will happen. But Yeah. I mean, it could be bad. We've got power trucks still trying to come in from out of state to help and, people and, get and the electricity and there's not, back. There's nothing you can do. Mother, no? Na- Mother Nature gets the call, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll watch it here on WFLA. Absolutely. WFLA News Time now, 8.05.
Starbucks extra hot tea scalded a woman and killed her dog, according to a lawsuit. Ooh. Get the details right now at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. Covenant thoughts. You know, you were talking about schools being out for the rest of the uh, of the week here in, in the wake of the storm. And I'm sure the school kids are having a great time. Uh, I can remember when I was a kid, we had a cycle of year after year where there were hurricanes in, in September that came up through where we lived in New Jersey. Okay, it was you know, back mm-hmm. when I was growing up. It just happened for several years. Hurricanes go in cycles like that. And I was really little. And I thought this is just the way life was. Okay, you have your summer vacation. It's Labor Day. You go back to school. A week or so later, the hurricane comes, schools out, trees down, build tree forts, have the time of your life. And that's the way the school year began. That's the way it was for me as a kid up in New Jersey, I'm telling you. It's a way to put a positive spin on hurricanes constantly hitting your state. Yeah, absolutely. So. It was amazing. It happened. I, I bet you it happened three years, and I thought, that, well, okay, that's the way it always is, of course. You it must know. have been a big disappointment after the three years. Well, it was because I love building tree forts, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know when Charlie hit, my dad was telling me to get up on the roof and go help the neighbors clean out their yard. So I was wanting to be back in school. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay. I don't remember it like that. They cut me some slack, I guess. I was too young to be helping out with the rooftop work and, uh, and tree removal. I also can tell you this, and this is true all over Central Florida. I can tell you in this building right now, I can walk up and down the hallway. We got eight or nine radio stations here on the same floor. I can tell the people who still have no power. They just look different. They carry themselves differently. They are ground down and wiped out. You can tell the difference between somebody with and without power. You really can. Well, I mean, no AC. I think that's the biggest thing. No How did people live in Florida before there was even a thought that you could even invent AC? The weather no was idea. the weather inside and out. How did they do it? How do, our news director, Larry Spillman, his family goes back over in the Tarpon Springs area into the early 1800s. How did they do it? I, why I no would idea. they do it? May the, maybe the bigger question, <laughs> why? You know? yeah, it's hard to figure out why, I, how know, anyone even survived the heat Just then. phenomenal. Anyway, we need to roll on here. we got very serious things to talk about. In the wake of Irma, of course, the nursing home disaster that you focused on a moment ago, uh, this is criminal, and they are launching a criminal investigation, as you indicated, Tom. Uh, we also will talk about um, the designation of a whole bunch of counties in central Florida by the president uh, uh, for individual assistance if you have uh, storm damage through FEMA. Okay, and uh, I'll tell you how to connect to that. I told you in the 7 o'clock hour, but you need to know that information. And so we will get to that. And uh, good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We'll launch into this and update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I got more to say, as I had earlier in the show, about this nursing home disaster in South Florida. Um, but let's take a couple of calls. Here's my old friend, Blue Dog Dave from Orlando. Good morning to you, Blue Dog. Make America great again, baby. We're working on it. Go ahead. What's on your mind? I was listening to you during the hurricane, bud. Thank you. We appreciate that. We had yeah. uh, a terrific uh, effort, I think, by our staff, Operation Stormwatch, 36 continuous hours of live coverage. Yeah, I tell you, this old Buddha said a few Christian prayers himself, buddy. That was something else. Yeah, it was a rough night, wasn't it? How did you come out of it? 
okay, okay. I mean, I had a bunch of dogs and cats, and my sister and my mother were all just like, crammed in there waiting to run into the bathrooms like everybody else was doing. But we did all right. Can't complain. I still got no um, telemetry, no telephone, no nothing like that, but I guess I can't complain. So no, 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 no power, no lights, no AC? Got the power and the AC, just haven't got the telemetry. No uh, TV, nothing like that. Okay. Well, there were no whole cookies in life, my mommy used to tell me when I was a little one. There's a piece off every one of them in the bag, but you just got to love the cookies anyway and celebrate the good stuff. Here's Blondie in Mount Plymouth, still without power. How are you handling this, Blondie? Oh, not too well. <laughs> The, uh, I'm coming down to the last twist or two in a long death spiral. And I have some comments about Duke Energy. Yeah. As, uh, everybody got their power restored on Tuesday by about 8.30. They came up to the end about 100 yards away, shined the spotlights on the uh, tree on the utility pole. Yeah. And then they left. So I figured we'll have electric in another hour or so. I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, everything's dark. So your comment to Duke Energy is what? My neighbor is uh, high up in law enforcement. He called him up, identified himself. Yeah. And they said that they didn't know about it, but nobody reported it. And so you're still in the dark with no AC. Utility company... Yeah. That they were on break and changing shifts. Yeah. And so, so how 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 are you going to get through this? I mean, you I said you're you're in some. Hang on, please, Blondie. Forgive me, forgive me. I think you're delirious I here, and I can understand that you. Emergency numbers. I got. I don't know what's going on there, but at any rate, you say you're in some kind of like a death spiral. I hope that's not quite literally true. You know, if you are, you need to call nine one one. Blondie, thank you very much. I need to talk about this nursing home disaster. There's a criminal investigation. They need to find out who's to blame, and they need to flat-out lock them up. We also do not, it is quite clear, have the kind of uniform inspection and enforcement in our nursing home system in Florida that we need to have. It's never been where it needs to be. There are many, many nursing homes that do an exemplary job and a very difficult one of caring for the really sick and the really elderly. There's no doubt about that. I mean, and the fact of the matter is, we had, I think, at one point, 150 nursing home facilities in the state without power post-Irma. We didn't have people dying all over the state in nursing homes, did we? This act of willful neglect down in South Florida is, is criminal. It really is. Nobody calls 911 day after day. Nobody even walks across to a fully functioning hospital with AC and lights. A hundred feet or less away? What is happening? How does that happen? How do you care so little for your fellow human beings and those in your charge? It's incredible. 407-916-5400 on the nursing home fiasco. 407-916-5400 to weigh in on the text line. I'm not going to let these people be forgotten. These are parents, grandparents. They have loved ones. People are heartbroken. They're dead. They didn't have to end their, have their long lives ended this way. Have you heard their names yet? You heard them if you listen to me at 6 o'clock this morning, but I bet you haven't heard them anywhere else. You're going to hear them here in a moment. I want them to be noted and remembered. Here's the roll call on the victims and their ages. It is such a heartbreaking story. 
these eight who were essentially just neglected and left to die. I mean, the staff, I guess maybe they handle the heat. But then again, they're not 75, 85, 95, 99 years of age. Here's the names. Here are the ages of the victims at the Rehabilitation Center in Hollywood Hills, South Florida. 84-year-old Bobby Owens, 96-year-old Manuel Mandietta, 92-year-old Miguel Franco, 71-year-old Estella Hendricks, 71-year-old Gail Nova, 78-year-old Carolyn Etherly, 84-year-old Betty Hibbard, and last but certainly not least, 99-year-old Albertina Vega. To live a long life with all the close calls, the trials, and the tribulations. And this is the way you go out. Because somebody did not think enough of your life to realize how fragile you were and vulnerable to the heat without air conditioning post-Irma. You didn't even call 911. You didn't even walk over to the hospital and say, take these people. Let's save these people. We can do it. Incredible. Here's Bob in Longwood. Good morning, Bob. Thank you, bud. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I lost power at 6 o'clock that, that day, you know, and uh, that night, uh, you know, I was listening to you. I woke up about 2 in the morning, and I heard your building was rocking and everything like that. But anyway, I want to thank you for doing a good job. But, thank you know, you. I got up the next day, and I know my neighborhood. I live, you know, my neighbor for 40, 40 years. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that are older people that were by themselves because mm-hmm. they, uh, they lost their husband and wives. I went over to their houses, banged down their doors, and, and, and to see if they were all right and whatever. And I, I could never understand your police, that they can't go to nursing homes. I mean, uh, like, uh, I live in Longwood, so there's probably maybe about uh, six or seven nursing homes. Why can't that one police officer go to each nursing home, mm-hmm. and, and then disinspect that real quickly, you know, and see what's going on. Well, it seems to me they shouldn't have to in a crisis like this. they got enough to do, Bob. I'm sure that would help. But the cops shouldn't have to do that. you got a basic responsibility to the, your fellow human beings in your charge in a facility like that. Can't you see what's happening to them? Yaffe, let's go to a good story post-Irma, and it's about power restoration. We've been following it all week long, and you've got some new numbers. Yes, this is according to the Orlando Sentinel this morning. Uh, At the peak of power outages, it was about 60% of the state was without power. That's a huge number, in my opinion. It is now, I mean, unbelievable number. It is now down to 14% of the state. I mean, I think they're doing a great job. And then Duke Energy tweeted out a county by county report yesterday and they showed that 72 percent of their customers uh now have power uh, there's a good story being told i mean it's frustrating you either have power or you don't and when you don't have power you know i mean you're not a part of these stats and we get that but this is a monumental task and i think they're about the business of doing it in a very very rapid and efficient way it's amazing how many more people are back online than were just a day or two ago i have to agree yeah no doubt about it all three hours of Good Morning Orlando today, we've at one time or another put the spotlight on the nursing home disaster in South Florida, especially for those of you just joining us this morning. In for Deb, Tom Alexander with the latest on that. Thanks, bud. Several leaders are calling for answers this morning after eight senior citizens died at the Hollywood Hills Rehabilitation Center in Hollywood, Florida. 
Governor Rick Scott has directed multiple state agencies to work with local law enforcement to conduct an investigation. U.S. Senator Bill Nelson is calling the the deaths, quote, inexcusable. In a statement, Florida's Democratic senator called it a tragedy to allow, quote, frail patients to die of heat exhaustion, end quote, when there was a hospital next door. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Police in Port Orange say they've caught a suspected looter who one might describe as shady. According to the Daytona Beach News Journal, 34-year-old Harold Hall of Edgewater was arrested early Sunday. He's accused of looting more than $145,000 worth of sunglasses. Did you actually say shady? The sunglasses. I did. Nice. That's quality. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Very clever. That's unbelievable. Who has 145 grand worth of sunglasses? Apparently, the sunglass world in the pavilion at Port Orange, because that's where they say Hall broke into uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday, with a hammer, smashing glass cases, and just loading bags of sunglasses to take out a manager. Of the store actually spotted him on a security camera. The manager was in another county and happened to be watching the cameras. <laughs> Can you imagine? Spotted him, called police. And they got him. They got him. Good deal. Good. Uh, professional clowns are planning to rally outside a New York City movie theater to protest the film It. They say the movie, which depicts a clown that terrorizes children, has hurt business for professional clowns. I've been hearing about this because the crown is... the. In the movie, the Stephen King novel, mm-hmm. the movie's based on that, apparently is so frightening. Right, right. And and so these clowns are saying that, that it's hurting their business. A, a man who runs a clown company in the New York City area told News 4 New York that uh, customers have been canceling on him since the movie came out last week. Wow. I this get... is where we are in 2017. What? Where clowns feel like they're an oppressed minority. And they're getting triggered by a movie <laughs> and have to protest. <laughs> this is where we are in today's world. Anyway. Yikes. Uh, People have been afraid of clowns for years, oh, way yeah. before this movie. Absolutely. My kids would freak out. We went to a, a, a burger joint that had clowns on the weekend the first time when they were really little. We thought it was going to be the highlight of their like young lives. They were terrorized. We had to leave the restaurant. They were <laughs> freaking out. Gosh. They freaked out for years. They weren't teenagers. They were still not comfortable with clowns. Wow. They were, like, permanently scarred. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And these were no no way. I mean, they didn't even like Ronald McDonald, for crying out loud. Really? My kids were anti-clown. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, clowns, they don't generally get paid until the day of the event. So all these cancellations are they're losing, killing them. Killing them. Yeah. Losing money. Who knew? Wow. So, uh, Bud, when you turn on the faucet, what do you usually expect to come out? Hot or cold water. Exactly. Not an eel, right? Oh, geez. Oh. <laughs> Happened to a family in Northern Ireland. They say a horsehair eel, which is actually thought to originate from the Gulf of Mexico, came out of the faucet when they turned on the cold water in Northern Ireland. <laughs> what a I don't freak know how out. the eel got there. I have no idea. There's more to that story than uh, we've got. I'm sure there are. Water officials there are right. investigating. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Bob. In for Deborah Roberts. You know, we've been talking about the power. Let's go to Carl in Deltona right now with a family connection to Duke Energy. Good morning, Carl. How you doing? 60-40, mostly 40. Okay. Do you got power? No, but my wife works for Duke Energy, and I'm proud of her. She gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning, no makeup. Her hair's a mess. She just puts on her clothes and goes down to Lake Mary and gets on the phones. And what kind of work does she do for Duke? She's in the call center there. 
So when people call up and say, I haven't got power, she's the one who connects them to the power company. She's the one who gets the kick in the pants. Oh, God bless her. So you know how hard she's working and her her, uh, colleagues at uh, Duke Energy, and same with FPL and the OUC and all the rest of them. I think the rate of restoring power has been amazing here. Yaffe and I both agree with that. Yeah, we don't have our power yet. I'm I'm a disabled vet. I'm retired. I'm home by myself. Actually, I'm out in my car right now uh, at the bank because uh, I can't walk too good. I lost my, my knee brace somewhere in the house. I see. And uh, I'm here to uh, get uh, the uh, balance of my checking account so that I can see how much gas I can put in my truck and ride around with the air conditioner on. Yeah, I'm sure that's a relief to be out and about. We thank you for serving our great country, and we thank your wife for for serving the public well with Duke Energy. Thank you for that call, my friend. I do appreciate it. We're not a sports talk station, 96.9 The Game. Our sister station does a great job with that, but there are many sports stories that really transcend sports, and that's why we're talking about this one, because it undeniably does. And I'm really angry about this. We're talking about the ESPN host, Jameel Hill. He used to write for the Orlando Sentinel Sports Department and work with our Morning sports host on 96.9 The Game, Mike Bianchi, told me she was a flaming liberal then. She certainly is now. It's amazing to me that ESPN has not fired her for her notorious series of tweets a couple of days ago in which she said this, among other things. Are you ready? Donald Trump is a white supremacist who has largely surrounded himself with other white supremacists. He is unqualified and unfit to be president. He is not a leader, and if he were not white, he never would have been elected. To which ESPN management responded, keep in mind, ESPN is owned by Disney, and from Disney on down to ESPN, they're run by a bunch of left-wingers, a bunch of liberals, and they've got as many liberal hosts on the air as they can get. They're hemorrhaging subscribers to ESPN, because most of their sports audience is not that way politically and doesn't want politics when they're tuning in for sports. And they cram it down your throat one show after another on ESPN. ESPN management has not fired her for this, calling the president of the United States a white supremacist and you keep your job in a public forum like she has? ESPN. The comments on Twitter from Jameel Hill regarding the president do not represent the position of ESPN. We have addressed this with Jameel, and she recognizes her actions were inappropriate. She still has her job. And she replied last night on Twitter, my comments on Twitter expressed my personal beliefs. So she does think the president's a white supremacist. Isn't that lovely? My regret is that my comments in the public way I made them painted ESPN in an unfair light. My respect for the company and my colleagues remains unconditional. I will remind you that conservative pitching legend, former Major League Baseball star Kurt Schilling, who did commentary on ESPN, was fired. Why was he fired? Among other things, for saying in the middle of this transgender deal with bathrooms that girls go to the girls' bathroom, you know, people built like boys go to the boys' bathroom. And for that, among some other things that were very similar, and I think, frankly, very mainstream conservative, he was fired. Schilling's incensed. He says the comments on Twitter from Jameel Hill regarding the president do not represent the position of ESPN. We have addressed this with Jameel, and she recognizes her actions were inappropriate. He reacts to this and says, anyone asking 
she didn't get fired because Disney and ESPN are fine with liberal racism versus conservative logic. Only naysayers to that are liars. Where are you on Jameel Hill? Sarah Huckabee Sanders, White House Press Secretary, called what she said about the President of the United States a fireable offense. I think it is. Don't you? They can shilling for saying, you know, you built like a girl, you go to the girl's bathroom. You built like a boy, you go to the boy's bathroom. It's exactly the way I think, and I'll bet many of you think the same way. What should ESPN do with Jameel Hill? I'll tell you why they haven't fired her. Three reasons. Are you ready? They're liberal, and they like what she said. She's black, and they don't want what comes with firing a minority. Lawsuit city. Maybe demonstrations. Who knows? And she's a woman. That's it. And Kurt Schilling was a conservative white man. Dead meat at Liberal ESPN. 407-916-5400. I want to know what you think. Cannot believe ESPN has not fired Jamil Hill for calling the President of the United States on Twitter a white supremacist. She hosts a sports show on the Sports Network. They fired Kurt Schilling for saying that girls ought to go to girls' rooms and boys' boys rooms and the transgender controversy because he's conservative. They hate that. They're all a bunch of left-wingers running the show there, and it all goes all the way from the top at Disney, you know, all the way down through the ESPN Sports Network they own. So what about it, James? Good morning from Orlando. You're on with the Bud Man. Hey, good morning, Bud. What do you think? Oh, I, um, I, I don't have an opinion on whether she be, be, should be fired or not. That's too bad. But that was, was my question. Yeah, but what I was saying, um, probably the reason she has that opinion is some of the people that he affiliates with that voted for him and some of the policies that he portrays. She can have a personal opinion like that, but if she expresses it when she has a job in the public eye, an outrageous indictment of the President of the United States, she should lose her job. She has the right to say it and believe it, but she should not be allowed to work in that forum if she feels that way. Do you agree with me? No, I disagree with you because I watch Fox News every night, and it it has the same tone on the opposite side. I mean, what it's the same deal. Really, Fox really? News. Have they ever said yeah. anything equivalent like that about Barack Obama? For God's sakes, wake up! Stop looking at the world through a racial prism. For God's sake, jeez, Bruce and Sanford. Good morning. Good morning, Bud. Uh, briefly. I think anybody has the right to say what they want as long as it's not uh, outside the law, i.e. Sure you do, uh, but but these things have consequences, and her job ought to be one of them. No, sir, I think that what we can do is we can uh, unsubscribe, we can quit watching. All right, fair enough. You can certainly do that. But I think ESPN ought to say that's way over the line. And fire her. Called the president of the United States a white supremacist. Yaffe, go ahead. Um, yeah, we have some people commenting on the text line, Bud. One person said conservatives need to rise up and boycott ESPN until she is fired. Another person says, I didn't vote for Obama, but I respected him because he was the president, and that is what all Americans need to do for Trump. 
You're on tonight from 8 to 10 with your Beyond Reason show, taking calls and and, and talking about the issues of the day. Oh, yeah, lots of issues to talk about, uh, including hurricane stuff, so we'll talk about that tonight. All 8 to 10 on WFLA. Check out the website, 1025wfla.com. we got the podcast. we got all the uh, highlights here. Keyword, Bud Man, it's all there for you. Don't miss it. Hey, listen, thank you so much for being with us for a smoking show. We're going to do it one more time this week, tomorrow morning from 6 until 9, and I hope you'll be with us. From all of us, thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.